Amen. We are still in the first chapter of Ephesians, headed to the last few verses, um, going from the prayer of Jesus in John 17 into the prayer of Paul and seeing that because Jesus is God and Paul possessed the Holy Spirit, who is also God, the prayers that they prayed are parallel. They are in sync. Amen. And I posed a question to you some time ago. Um, if this is the prayer that they are praying, then we who all also have the Holy Spirit, is this what we are praying? Amen. Is this what we are asking the Lord for? Amen. The pursuit of things and not the pursuit of God would be of the devil. Amen. Amen. I'm going to head down that street probably in the next couple of Sundays. But that's where we're headed. Um, the issue is, is that Christ gave us all, and so Christ should be all to us. Amen. And so to see him clearly is the key. Uh, and Paul prayed certain things, uh, specifically in the 18th verse of this first chapter, that our eyes would be enlightened to know to understand, to have the hope. Amen. We're going to go through some of those things as we review. But let's go through the word right quick. Ephesians 1, 20 through 23. Help me, Holy Spirit. Ephesians 1, 20 through 23. Mm-hmm. 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 That's all right. We're going to preach anyway. Yes, we are. In the name of Jesus. Ephesians 1.20, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Repeat with me, in the heavenly places. Amen. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world but also in that which is to come. And he has put all things, say all things, under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things. And then underline this word, to, to the church. You see it? All things to the church. Which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word. I want to speak to you today entitled, A Change of Status. A Change of Status. Of status. Amen? Amen. Quickly, let's just stay in this chapter, Ephesians 1, uh, first verse, top of the chapter, uh, top of this chapter, first verse in this uh, chapter. Um, Ephesians 1 and 1. Paul is writing to the Ephesians and he says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God to the saints which are at Ephesus and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And as he's talking to the Ephesians, the Holy Spirit has you and me and every other believer in mind. Amen? He says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings 
in heavenly places, there it is again, in Christ Jesus. Now, I want to note this one little simple fact here. These blessings are spiritual blessings. They're not of the earth. They're not from the earth. They're not of an earthly nature. Amen? They are spiritual blessings in the heavenly places because these blessings are all in Christ Jesus. Amen? Which means that the knowledge and application of these blessings is not an automatic to our natural mind. Amen? Meaning the, the Holy Spirit must inform, train us in understanding that we have through rightly interpreting the Word of God. Amen? We read the Word and the Holy Spirit gives us the right interpretation of the Word of God. So He leads us and guides us into the truth so that we understand not only what we have, but the application of what we have. How to use what we have. Amen? So that by knowing this, we can apply this knowledge and this power to our lives. These spiritual blessings. Knowing this truth, Paul is led to pray. Amen? It causes Paul to pray. But just before we get into that, I want you to see this, that these blessings that we have, again, are of a spiritual nature. You're not going to just automatically understand just by you, you need the Holy Spirit to reveal these things to you. Amen? Amen. Amen. So Paul praised that the Ephesians church would apply these spiritual blessings to their lives. And we know now that it also means you and me. Amen? In the present. Amen? Quick review of where we left off a few weeks ago. Ephesians 1.14. Which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. Amen? He's saying here, basically, Paul is praying that we realize that we are not just gaining an inheritance, amen, we are going to heaven, there is inheritance waiting for the believer, but we're not just gaining an inheritance, but more specifically, that we are God's inheritance, amen, that God has an investment in you and me, amen, we are his special people, and we reflect his glory, amen, and then dropping down a few more verses, down to 118. Again, that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Amen. What are the riches of his glory in the saints? I, I understand. I just got a message. We're having a few technical difficulties for the people who are uh, moving. They're telling me not to move around. I won't move around. I'll stay right here. Y'all pray for me because y'all know I can't do that. <laughs> All right. So he is praying that the eyes of our understanding be enlightened, that we will know what the hope of the calling is, of his calling, what he calls us to. God calls the believer after you have been saved, after you've trusted in Jesus Christ, turn from your sins and trust in the work of the cross that Jesus Christ did to die and pay for your sins. God is calling us out of darkness and into the light. Amen? And that looks like this, saints. In one sense, it's positional. Ooh, Holy Spirit, thank you. In another sense, it is by a practical outworking of an everyday living 
amen, where we are coming out of darkness into light. It's the hope of the calling. I'm calling you, Jamie, and everybody else that is saved. I'm calling you, Donna and, and, and Dorita. I'm calling you, Brother Keith and Brother DeRoe. I'm calling you into the light. I'm calling you not just into salvation, but into transformation of the likeness of Jesus Christ. It is an upward calling. Amen. To be like Christ. I'm calling you to no longer be like you. That is the hope of our calling. Amen. Not just the streets of gold, not just the heavenly places that we'll be seated in. That's good and all that. But while we're here and now, in the here and now, in the present tense, what God is doing through the power of the Holy Spirit, He's bringing you and I into likeness of Christ. Amen. Amen. Where we are just like Him. Then verse 19, 119, Ephesians 119, just reviewing so we can get to the 20th chapter, uh, 20th verse. All right. And he wants us, after our eyes are, have been enlightened, to see what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe. Amen? To us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought or worked in Christ when he raised Christ from the dead, that we would experience resurrection power, the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. This power is the power that's at work in the believer right now. So there is a calling. Amen. And then there is a power supporting that calling. Amen. And that power that is supporting that calling is God conquering sin in you and I where we get victory over the, some of the same things we used to be enslaved to. Amen? He's saying that that power is not just you just getting right, being right, and figuring out how to do right. <laughs> Amen? It's power supporting you. What power is that? The same mighty power that he exercised when he raised Jesus from the dead. The power to say no, the power to say yes, Lord, all of that is the same power that came from God when he raised Jesus Christ to conquer sin, hell, and the grave. Amen. Are you hearing me say so it's not just a maturing or maturation process. He wants you to know that there is power behind your victory. And that power comes from God. Amen. So we have a reason to say thank you. Amen. We have a reason to praise the Lord because the things that we used to be in, huh? the things that we used to do, the things that used to have us wrapped up, shacked up, and bound up, huh? the things that we used to bow our bodies down to and worship, now God has said, I delivered Jesus from the grave. I'm delivering you from your dead work. Come on, somebody. There's resurrection power in the name of Jesus. Woo! Amen. Oh, be still, Jamie. Be still. Stay right here. I'm sorry. I forgot. Calm down. All right. Which brings us to where we left off. Amen. Y'all got to get that together. All right. Help me, Jesus. 
In the last few verses, we will see something quite remarkable. Oh, they said it's fixed. Great. <laughs> All right. We shall see something quite remarkable. We will see where Christ is now. We shall see that Christ is not, and hear me clearly when I say this, catch this, where Christ is not only the head over the church, he is the head of the church. And I'll explain that a little bit more as we go, okay? And the church is his body, and Christ fills his body. He fills it. Amen? Amen. This speaks just generally, saints, of the value that God has placed on you and me. My goodness. The value he has placed on us and the exalted position that he has given to us just because of our union with Christ. Amen. It's quite something. All right, so Ephesians 1.20. I'm not going to be before you long today. It's going to show you who Jesus is and get out of his way. The same mighty power which he wrought in Jesus Christ when he raised him from the dead, and this is where we left off, and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. This is the thing I want us to see this morning when we're starting off. The location is further described as heavenly places. Amen? This indicates the phrase that this includes God's dwelling place, or the dwelling place of God. This is where the Lord Jesus Christ is today. Watch this. In a natural body. Jesus is fully God and fully man. Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father, still fully God and fully man. Amen? Amen. He is glorified. Amen. Jesus is in a literal body, glorified and incapable of ever dying again. Amen? He's alive and well, recognizable. Amen? Sitting at the right hand of the Father. And here's the thing that we need to see. Why does Paul tell us this? Because where he is, we shall also be. We are in an exalted place. Amen? Already positionally. And we shall be when we leave this place with him where he is. At the right hand of the Father. I'm going to keep going. Jesus is king of kings. He is Lord of lords. His honor is greater than that of any people. And here's the thing. Where he is honored, those who are connected to him, we are honored. We are, right now, positionally, with Jesus at the right hand of the Father. And when you leave here, you will be with Christ. And where is he seated? At the right hand of the Father. There is no higher honor than at the right hand of the Father. 
I'm trying to tell you, your status has been changed. Your status has been changed. What kind of body will we have? Amen. A glorified body just like Jesus. Will we be seated at the right hand of the Father? And where is this position? Verse 21. Keep going, Jamie. Far above all principality, all power, all might, all dominion, and every name that is named, Jesus Christ is Lord. He is superior to every ruler, every authority, every angelic angel, every demon in hell, whatever kind of rank or position they have of power, Jesus is higher and greater than any of them. In the heavenly, there are different ranks of beings. Amen. Some evil and some good. They have certain responsibilities. And there are also rulers, rulers and authorities, people who have human office here, who we think are great. Amen. We think that, oh, you've won the lottery, or, oh, you do become the president, or now you are, you know, the, the chief of staff, or you're the CEO, or whatever have you. What I'm trying to tell you here, I don't care if you're the president, the governor, or anybody else, or any kind of king or nobility. The bottom line is you're not greater than Jesus. Amen. No matter how great or rule the authority or power or dominion might be, Christ is far, far, far above them. Amen. So if the Republicans win next year, or the Democrats win next year, or the election wins, or somebody ends up winning that you don't want to win, there's no reason to fear. Why? Christ is far above them. If you get a governor that you don't agree with, it doesn't matter. Christ is far above them. Amen. If your company gets sold and you get a supervisor from hell, it does not matter because Christ is above all authority, all rulers. Oh, come on, somebody get it. Whoever ends up in power, there will never be enough power to outdo what Jesus can do. Amen. There will never be enough power where Jesus is not able to bless your life. They will not be able to stop him. Amen. Because he's far above every authority, every name, every demon, every angel. It doesn't matter. Jesus is at the right hand of the Father above every principality, every ruler, everybody. Amen? Not only in this world, but also in the world which is to come. Not only in the age that we are in, but also the coming age. He's talking about the thousand-year reign. Amen. We will reign with Christ on earth. There will never be a king. There will never be a ruler. There will never be a Lord above the Lord of lords, the king of kings. Amen. He will be exalted above every created being. Amen. Every created ruler. Every. There will be no exceptions. Jesus is the ruler. Amen. So the church is not just the building. The church, saints, it includes all believers Living, growing, moving, amen, and deriving their existence and their power from Christ. And the church obeys Christ's commands, and we carry out that work in the world. So he feels the earth. He feels the believers, amen, with himself. So before I go into these last two verses, and I'm almost done, but I'm not going to be here long at all. Quick recap. Verse 21 says, we learn that Christ is far above every creature. 
on heaven and earth in this age and the age to come. Verse 22, we learn that Christ is above all created beings and everything is subject to under his feet. Amen. And now we're going to learn the unique calling which the church has and is associated by being joined with him in a boundless union and dominion. Amen. The church will share his rule. All of the creation will be under the rule of Christ and whoever is next to Christ. Your position has been changed. <laughs> Your status has been changed. Amen? Amen. All right, here we go. Almost done. Verse 22. And hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church. One of my favorite translations when I first started reading the Bible was the New Living Translation. And the New Living Translation says it this way. I'm not mistaken. It says, gave him to be the head over all things for the benefit of the church. Amen? Isn't that interesting? For the benefit of the church. He's head for purposes that we actually gain from. Amen? There is something that comes to the church because he's head. Not just the title. There's benefits that come along with him being in the position he's in. And it's directly tied to you and me as believers. Amen? All right. Real quickly, uh, Psalm 8 and 6. Just give a little bit of a, a few more, just a scripture to kind of verify this and, and quantify this. Long ago, in the psalm, it says this about Jesus. You have given him dominion over the works of your hands, and you have put all things under his feet. This was not something that happened as a mistake. This was planned. Amen? This is something that was coming. Amen? Amen. Christ is head over all things for the benefit of the church. Amen? Back to Ephesians 1.22 again. And hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, verse 23, the church which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. The church which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Now, here's the thing I want to guard against right now. There's several different ways to, that folks have tried to see this scripture. Okay? Well, one of the things that must be ruled out is that we don't complete Christ, okay? Christ is not in need of anything, okay? Christ is Lord all by himself, <laughs> with or without us. Are you feeling me? Okay? So we must rule any kind of theology that kind of introduces that kind of thought where it's like, ooh, Jesus, thank God you saved me. You better be happy. <laughs> you needed me. No, no, that's, that's not what's being said here, okay? The church is his body, the fullness of him, amen, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. We are not completing Jesus because Jesus is lacking power without us. No. We are completing Jesus because Jesus, being the head over the church, 
is the completion of his plan. Are you seeing that? Amen? Amen. Him being the head over us is what he has always desired. Are you understanding me? Okay. Just kind of hang your hat there. So what is Paul saying here? Christ is over nature. He's over animate and inanimate objects. He's over rulers, angels, demons. But when it comes to the church, we are said to be not just someone he's over, but he is the head and we are his body. We're not just under the rule of Christ. We are united to Christ and connected and intertwined with Christ in such a way that's different than anything else that he's ruling over. Take that in for a minute. Amen. He's not connected to the demons and the angels and the nature that we see here. They're not fused with him. That's a good word. The church is. Wow. He doesn't just rule and reign over us. He fills us with himself because we are his body and he is our head. There is a completeness that is happening, not again because he needs us, but because he values us and loves us and wants to fill us with himself. Are you hearing me? So there is a rule that just says, okay, I'm over you. And there is a rule that says, okay, you're a part of me. That's where the church is. Amen? Paul is praying that our eyes would be open to seeing this. That the eyes of our understanding, the eyes of our, the heart would understand our connection. Oh, thank you, Lord. To Jesus Christ is deeper and different than anything else he's ruling over. Amen. So that means when things don't go our way and heartache and disappointment set in, we already know that we have a special connection in our unity with Christ that places us over everything else that he's ruling over. Oh, you didn't get it. He's not just ruling over creation. He's ruling over everything, over every circumstance, over all kinds of persecution, over every trial. This means that nothing should be able to shake the believer's faith, nor any change or status or anything like that. We are seated in heavenly places right next to Christ Jesus, right at the right hand of the Father. And where he is, that's where we shall be. Are you hearing what I'm saying? This is why the believer can worship in the worst of storms. Ah. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Paul is not writing this, saints, from a luxury hotel on vacation. He's writing this with chains on his arms and, and stocks on his feet. And he's sitting there with a, I just imagine him with a smile on his face. <laughs> laughing and, and, and having joy in the midst of his circumstances. Why? Because he knows about his real connection and what that really means, saints. Amen. He's praying that the power of God, the Holy Spirit, would so enlighten our eyes 
that we know the hope of our calling, that we understand the power of the resurrection and the position of our risen Savior, which is his absolute rule over everything we now can see and stuff we can't even see. Amen? And most importantly, the position of his bride, his church, because where he is, that's where we shall be. Amen? And here's the bottom line, saints. This whole section of this prayer, he's Paul, Paul is praying, listen, I want the believer to know that Jesus Christ has given you everything. Everything. You lack nothing. That's interesting because the interesting contrast is, Paul, you're sitting up there in jail. Most of us would be out of our mind sitting in San Quentin talking about Jesus is real. <laughs> you know, I just love Jesus. Uh, you in jail. What kind of revelation? You can't go nowhere. Oh, but I don't have to go nowhere because everything is mine anyway. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Paul has a very different way of thinking that no matter how many times he hears his chains drag on the ground, he knows that every step he takes, he's getting closer and closer to the promises of God that are already his. Are you hearing what I'm saying? He's telling us that his bride, his bride, the church, already has everything. He wants us to see this. One of the things that I've learned about women, uh-oh, Women love security, right? Safety, confidence, that's a big thing for women. There's nothing wrong with a woman wanting these things because this is how God has wired them. You know, if you're going to step to a woman and you don't understand that, you might want to step back. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Before you approach her, know and understand she's going to need to feel safe. She's going to need to have security. She's going to need, where, where is this going? You know what I'm You're cute and all that, but eventually I'm going to make your life miserable if I don't have those three things. I need to be safe, secure, and I need to know where we're going. You know what I'm saying? It's a security thing. That's how they are wired. There's nothing wrong with that. Amen. Now, when a woman gets married to a man who has everything and is all-powerful and can do anything, then what that man does is he shares with his wife, legally, everything that he has. Her status changes. Amen? Amen. She gets her name changed. Amen. Her life gets changed. If she runs into a man with that kind of power and that kind of ability, she's moving on up. Okay? Cha-ching. <laughs> Status has changed. And what woman doesn't want that? So everything that he has now is shared with her. By right. Somebody's already completing my sentence because they've been thinking about it. Okay? But as Keisha kind of almost gave it away, and I know this is the Holy Spirit because she said exactly what I'm saying right here. We didn't even talk. There comes a certain point in time when the man that has all of that and has given all that and shown that and shares with her that this is now yours along with me, 
There comes a point in time where that man doesn't have to prove that to her anymore. Uh-oh. Doesn't have to prove over and over and over and over and over again that she is secure, that she is safe, and that this is going to a safe place. Amen? At some point, she needs to settle in and believe in the rest, you know, and rest in and trust in her new status that has been given to her. Are you hearing what I'm saying? There's a point in time where she begins to trust and know, hey, yeah, I ain't got to worry about that anymore. Amen? Uh, I ain't got to think about what, what I'm gonna, how I'm going to pay this or pay that. Uh, I, I'm, I don't have to worry about whether or not I'm safe and secure. I don't have to worry about what the future looks like. Why? Because at some point in time, it ought to dawn on her based on what has already been shown and given. Amen. Uh, that, 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 that those fears now need to begin to bow down to what she knows and what she believes. Amen? Amen. And that is that her husband has her back. Her husband has whatever she needs. She won't have to worry about this. She won't have to worry about that. Her safety is intact. She's, in, she's secure. Amen. She is safe. She is blessed. Now, it is the same exact thing with the church. Are you hearing me? The church is the bride of Christ. Are you seeing what I'm saying? The church is called the bride of Christ. Amen. We don't need to worry about what Jesus is going to do. He's got it all figured out. We don't need to worry about whether or not Jesus has our back. He's got it all right, already worked out. Amen. We don't need to know whether or not this is going to be paid or that's going to be paid. Jesus has got it already worked out. We don't need to know or worry about whether or not we're going to be safe wherever we go. Why? Jesus has already got it all worked out. Paul wants the believer to realize who Jesus really is, that he is now seated at the right hand of the Father. He is all-powerful. Amen. The church is blessed. The church is receiving from the head what the head wants to give to the body. Uh oh He rules. He reigns. And we are special to Christ, and we won't find any peace or any rest until we start to settle in our mind who our real husband really is. Okay, saints. So the question is, how much more sleep you want to really lose when you don't have to? How worried and how fretful do we really want to be when we really don't have to? Because who is Jesus? Oh, only the King of kings, the Lord of lords, and the most powerful being in the world. And he is for his church. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Amen. Uh, by implication, completeness or fullness is reaching the intended goal to the attainment of the state and the stature of a man in Christ to full maturity in Christian knowledge and love. Full maturity in Christian knowledge and love. The body, the church, the bride is his complement. You ever heard that before? Okay. You know, you, you, get on, you go on a date and you hopefully have a man or a woman that's your complement, not someone that makes you look terrible. <laughs> Were you kind of a little nervous about everybody seeing you with them? 
You don't really compliment your spouse or your girlfriend, your boyfriend. The church is his compliment. Not that we complete him, but he is filling us with himself. We are an extension of Christ who is the head who is filled with Christ. But what's he filling us with? Who fills all in all? What is he filling us with? Very specifically, he's giving us himself by giving them, the church, the knowledge of himself and by experiencing his love. Paul is praying that the eyes of your understanding will be enlightened, not just to know your situation, but to know him. Ah, to know Jesus and to experience, have a testimony of, not just head knowledge, but a testimony of a real life experience of his love that he has for his bride. That's what this is about. So my dad put this, this a couple, I was listening to a message by him not too long ago. And he said this. He said, the point of the word is not just to know facts. That was heavy. The point of the word is to know God. This is true intimacy. True intimacy with the one true God. And that reminded me of the same thing that Jesus said in John 17. This is eternal life. What is eternal life? To know God and his son whom he has sent. What do we have in our Bible? A letter from our God. To do what? So we can get in and out of situations? So we can get better cars and better houses? That's not it, saints. That's not it. So we can drag Jesus into every shopping department we want him to go. Come on, Jesus. I'm pulling you in this department today, Jesus. Come on. Can you bless this? That's pursuing things, not pursuing God. See the difference? Can you fix this? Can I, can I drag you in the men's department, the women's department? I need you to bless everything I'm trying to get. Come on, Jesus. That's not it. He's saying, I want you to pursue me. I want you to get to know me. I want you to get to know me. So the word of God is not given to the believer so that we can actually just know facts about Jesus. It's so that we can know Jesus himself, experience him, true intimacy. Are you hearing me? Because when you do things right, even in a human situation, in a human relationship, intimacy should come before sex. And then after sex, there will be a fruit of that. But if there's just sex and then there's fruit, we don't really have a real working relationship. There's no intimacy. How do I get to know you unless I ask questions and spend time with you and get in my word and talk to you? And then maybe after that, God will produce fruit in me after there has been intimacy. I want you to not just know facts about me. I want you to know me. Oh, you hear what I'm saying? So I want your eyes to be enlightened. To know the hope of your calling, to have the power of the resurrection, to understand the power of the resurrection, to experience that power, to know who you are, to know where I'm seated, that I'm above everything, I'm over everything, nothing can stop me. Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Huh? That's what I want you to see. Why? Because what that's going to do is that's going to ask you, the church, the bride is going to cause you to be a lot more secure. 
Amen? To know him personally. Amen. To know his love. To know his love. Amen? Romans 8, 31, 39. That's what this is all about. 8, 31 through 39. So then when we get in trouble, when we are dealing with situations, huh? when we are dealing with evil in this world and persecution and, and all kinds of things that are coming against us, huh? when, we, when our back's against the wall and we don't know how we're going to make it, we can remember our relationship, our connection to the head. And we can say, just like you know, Paul said in Romans, what shall we say to these things? If God be for us... <laughs> Who can be against us? He's over angels. He's over demons. He's over rulers and power. If God is on your side, who can be against you? Amen. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not also freely give us all things with him? How, how shall he not, if he gave his son, what else is he going to leave out for you? What spiritual blessing will you be missing if he already gave you Jesus? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Who shall lay any charge to God's elect? It is God that justifies. It is who is uh, he that condemneth? It is Christ that died. Yea, rather, that he has risen again. Who is even at the right hand of God? There we go. Making intercession for us. You can be messed up, mixed up, having to get back up after you glue it. And God is saying, if that's my child, if I have justified them, if I if I called that person holy, they belong to me. I don't care what demons say or what they kind of try to, what kind of accusation they kind of bring against you. It does not matter. God loves you. Amen. God's going to clean you up. We repent of our sins. We get right back on up. Amen. And God stands with us. And here's the thing. No matter what's coming against you, whether it's power, whether it's evil, whether it's a certain attack, it does not matter. Here's the thing I want you to see, saints. If Jesus is making intercession for you at the right hand of God with all the power in the world, then no weapon formed against you can prosper. Because whatever weapon that's formed, it's going to have to get past him first. And who can get past the Lord God Almighty? Amen. So it's about knowing his love, saints. Who shall separate us from the love of God? Huh? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Huh? As written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay. In all these things, it doesn't matter even if the worst happens, saints. What I'm trying to say to you, if even if the worst happens, if you understand your connection to the head, that's going to change your perspective on everything because you already know you're victorious. You already know you're victorious because he can't not be defeated. He's just too strong. <laughs> He's just too powerful. Amen. 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 For I'm persuaded, neither death nor life, there it is, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, what's happening now, or what may happen down the street next week, or things to come, nor height, nor death, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. We are. 
the bride of Christ. We belong to Jesus. The church has the most powerful husband ever. Are you hearing me? I know for guys that's kind of hard to kind of, you know, what you saying, man? No. What I'm saying is, is we're his bride. We belong there. We've been purchased. Amen? We have the most powerful ally who loves us, and he is in heavenly places. So when you're going through things, remember that your status already, right now, it has been changed. It has been changed. It's not the same for you anymore. Once we got in Christ, all his blessings in spiritual heavenly places, the real blessings we need, amen, they belong to you and me now as believers. I got this email this morning, and the email was saying how to deal with winter blues. And it was, you know, by some real estate agent. And the best thing that they could do was offer me when, you, when, you, when it's cold, put on some moisturizer on your face. You know, because if you want to deal with the winter blues, don't let your face fall off. Put on some moisturizer on your face. And then when it gets cold, have a cup of tea. It was three, three, um, three pretty much three uh, uh, things that, you know, they want, they want to advise us, three tips for getting over the winter blues. Nothing to do with my soul. Nothing to do with my heartache. Nothing to encourage me to go on and fight. What am I going to do, moisturize myself in tomorrow? That's not going to do nothing. What I need is truth. What I need is to know that I'm all right. What I need is, you know, hey, the girl's got to have her security. The bride's got to have her security. Are you hearing me? And that's what we need. Your status has been changed. I'm done. Amen. Amen. He fills all things with himself. Amen. He fills the church with himself. He fills the church with the knowledge of who he is and how much he loves us. Our eyes must be enlightened to know this. That's what, that's what Jesus was basically praying. Paul is saying the exact same thing. So here's the application point again. I'm done. Is this what we're praying? Let me stand here as a poster child for you to say that whatever you had before can be taken from you. Whatever you thought was stable can be unstable. Whatever was secure today could be unsecure tomorrow. It's secure tomorrow. Here's the catch. What makes all of that all right and bearable, and actually what you realize who you have produces joy in spite of it, is a connection with the head, the head of the body. Amen? Father, we pray.